It's Sunday morning. Time for the great outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Good morning. Welcome to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio in Chicago. Thank you so much for joining me. This week's show is going to, well, it's going to start off in Washington, D.C., that wonderful city, and it is a wonderful city, um, which I had not been to since COVID. And it's going to start off with a discussion I have with the director of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Martha Williams, and also an event that Ducks Unlimited hosted with the assistance of the National Audubon Society to help members of Congress and their staff and what can be called Washingtonians who care about conservation have a discussion on how we move conservation into the mainstream. It was a very, very interesting evening, but I'll start off with the director of the Fish and Wildlife Service, Martha Williams, who made remarks at a luncheon I attended that um, really struck home with me. The Congressional Sportsman's Foundation is a group that has been for many years working to ensure that Congress not only passes laws that are are, are respectful and responsible for great wildlife management, but also stops the passage of laws that will undermine professional wildlife management, or as my friend Chris Dorsey who's been on the air many times says, ballot box biology. So, Director of the Fish and Wildlife Service, given the track record of the Biden administration so far in supporting opening up of lands for hunting and and a number of of things that we would consider to be pro-conservation, the Department of Interior, BLM, Forest Service would not be considered to be the greatest friends so far as sportsmen. So, I did not expect a truly genuine set of remarks, and a truly genuine individual in defense of why we should hunt and why we love the outdoors in America. Instead, what I got was an individual who is genuine to the core, extremely likable, extremely professional, and who absolutely understands what it is that those of us who like to go out, whether it's in the dark of night or in the middle of the afternoon or in the dead of winter, wherever it might be, that we want to go out into the outdoors in pursuit of an animal or a bird. Martha Williams grew up doing that in Montana, and she spoke so eloquently about what it is on a crystal cold early Montana morning to get out of a hunting camp in a tent and stand out in the cold, starry night and try to listen the bugling of an elk and how that stirs the soul. And she said, it actually just brings goosebumps to me standing here talking to you about it. She spoke for 15 or 20 minutes about why the Fish and Wildlife Service has to be the pillar for the future of hunting in America and how it has to have responsible science and how it cannot have ballot box biology drive the management of our natural resources. But she also, as she had to do because of the administration that employers employs her had to talk about some of the controversial actions that have been taken that are not pleasing the hunting and outdoor community, the fishing community. And one of them is the effort to ban lead on all national wildlife refuges in America. That means if you're fishing, you got to fish with something other than lead. 
If you're shooting a pheasant, you got to use something other than lead. If you want to go and shoot a sharp-tailed grouse, something other than lead. And she said her decision in, in reenacting something that had been struck down by the Trump administration was really driven by the legal advice she was given, not so much her personal views. And she recognized that in the Obama administration in its closing day had an executive order that banned the use of lead on national wildlife refuges. The Trump administration in its early days rescinded that ban. The Biden administration in its early days was sued to have that ban reinstated. And they waited until, I believe, the Trump administration was out, recognizing that the Biden administration would be more favorable to a suit that banned lead on national wildlife refuges and would not contest it. That is my belief after having been in this business for a long time and sort of reading the tea leaves. They didn't want to sue the Trump administration because the Trump administration probably would not have cut a deal with them. The Biden administration felt that based upon the legal advice, this is what Director Williams said, and I take her at her word, based upon the legal advice that it received, it felt that its position would be difficult to defend. And therefore, it is reenacting the ban of lead on national wildlife refuges. And she cited a study done in Yellowstone outside of, excuse me, not in Yellowstone, but at Jackson Hole in the huge elk reserve, which showed that elk that had been harvested by hunters and then the gut piles, which is what happens when you harvest an animal, were in turn consumed by uh, raptors and eagles, displayed a very high level of lead in their blood during the hunting season and for a few months after, and then the amount of lead in their blood went down. So she said, based upon that study and the advice of the legal team at the Department of Interior and Fish and Wildlife Service, they are moving forward again with the ban on lead on national wildlife refuges. But I felt that her explanation was, was actually very heartening because she said in her remarks, this is something that she knows that hunters don't like. And as a hunter herself, she understands the difficulty that these kind of laws cause. So I left my lunch with the director of the Fish and Wildlife Service at the Congressional Sportsman Foundation hosted feeling we actually have an advocate of hunting as the director of the Fish and Wildlife Service, as opposed to an individual who doesn't have understanding of hunting. And that, that is a good place for us to be in an overall administration that certainly is not championing sportsmen and women's rights, and in a lot of cases championing the rights for solid management and tends to be much more sympathetic to lawsuits, whether they're filed by the Sierra Club, Defenders of Wildlife, whoever they are. One element that was not asked of the director and would have been a tough question is, why is the Fish and Wildlife Service continuing with its ban on African ivory that is legally taken in Africa from coming in the United States? This is one of the core issues as we look at the future of the survival of Africa and wildlife in Africa. If, if hunters are not permitted to bring the ivory back into the country, and I'll explain more after the break, as some of you are probably recoiling, because it turns out that almost 80% of Americans feel it is wrong to shoot an elephant. And I will come back after the break and tell you a little bit more, as I have 
with other individuals on the, on the show why at this point in time, if we don't have elephant hunting in Africa, we're not going to have any elephants. But that's, that's not what I'm talking about right now. But one of the questions that was, would have been interesting to hear is why does the United States government not permitting the legal harvesting of elephant and ivory from Africa from coming into the United States? That question was not asked. I think it, have been a, it is one of the core issues for wildlife management in Africa going forward. But at least I left the meeting feeling very differently than I did coming in, that the director of the Fish and Wildlife Service is a person who truly passionately cares about respecting the rights of hunters and who herself is an avid and lifelong hunter. And that was a very different landscape than I, I thought we would walk into at the meeting. I also had the chance to talk with her the evening before she had seen the remarkable IMAX film Wings Over Water, and I had a chance to talk to her about communications in conservation in America. And she said to me the evening before, she watched the film the evening before, the chord that struck her was how few people support conservation in America and the efforts of organizations such as Ducks Unlimited and Audubon and Ruff Krause Society and Pheasants Forever and Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, etc. When you look at a country of 320 million people, it is impossible for those organizations and those few individuals to continue to carry the weight with a society that is wholly uninformed. And that was, that was really the key from the evening before. And Director Williams indicated one of the goals of the Fish and Wildlife Service is to have all Americans understand why people go hunting, why they go fishing, why the outdoors is so important. So, I again, I was very pleasantly surprised. I hope she can remain in her position. We do have an ally for hunting in an administration. Overall, it's not very favorable in some of the direction that, that's being taken. I'll be back in just a moment with much more on The Great Outdoors Show. And when I come back, I'm actually going to talk about a story that was just written about why America needs hunting more than it knows. And it, it will tie in with some of what I've just talked about, some other subjects. But when I do that after the break, which is going to be, as it always has been, brought to you by your Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. And this is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voices Chicago and America 720 WGN. Hiking, camping, and hunting, it's all an adventure in the great outdoors, but nature can be tough. You need to be ready for anything and everything. Chevy Silverado is built to handle the toughest conditions and get you everywhere you want to go worry-free. Silverado's designed to handle the big jobs. It's built for the great outdoors. With over 13,000 pounds of towing capacity and trailering sway control, Silverado can haul the biggest loads on the roughest roads and keep you cool as a Sunday drive. With eight available cameras and up to 14 different views, it can spot trouble before it gets to you. That's peace of mind. And when you're ready for the backcountry, Chevy Silverado 1500 ZR2 owns the off-road. You name it, we run over it. No wonder it's Motor Trend's 2023 four-wheeler pickup truck of the year. So see your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and check out a Chevy Silverado. It's freedom to explore the great outdoors. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors show. I'm going to talk in the next couple of minutes about something that I'll be expanding on in the next weeks because it's, it's, it's now all over the papers. We don't have papers anymore. It's all over the press. 
And when things like this occur in the media, I'm always thinking, why? Why is there all of a sudden more written about one subject or another? From time to time, I talk about that it is not a coincidence that often there are either political entities that gin up stories or there are mission entities that gin up stories, either pro or con, conservation or pro or con, agriculture. But I think it's not often that it's just accidental that all of a sudden you see stories about one issue or another. And a great example is a potential drying up of Great Salt Lake in Utah, where for the last nine months there's been a flood of coverage. Part of the reason was is there's a lot of money involved, and people are trying to get that money And so organizations or political interests that have a stake in in receiving funding for their causes use the media to generate stories, whether whether they be online, whether they be in magazines online or whether they be on television and the news, whatever it is. Generally, it's a concerted effort. Seems to me there's there's a little bit going on here in a concerted effort about which I believe America needs hunting more than it knows. That's the title of a recent story in The Atlantic, and I talked before about how popular dove hunting is in America. Over a million people will go into the field to hunt doves. It's a family event. I also mentioned last week it's turned into one of the most disappointing dove seasons Illinois has had in many, many, many years, and nobody's quite sure why, but it certainly has been, in many cases, uh, just not what, what it should have been. So... Why do we need more hunters? Officials at the states in Illinois and Wisconsin and all across the country will tell you, well, we need more hunters because they provide the revenue that enables us to manage our state lands and enables us to acquire lands. That's not an argument that's going to win the day, and we'll talk more about that as the fall goes on, because the revenues of most state agencies that come from people who hunt and fish, in this case we're talking about hunting, is really very small. The bigger issue is what happens to conservation if we don't have hunting. So I talked to you today on WGN Radio and say, if you hear we need more hunters because we need to support funding for states through license sales so that they can in turn manage habitat, do a little digging and find out how much license sales contribute to the budgets of things like the Illinois DNR or Indiana or Colorado, wherever you want to go. All that stuff is available. All that information is available online. And you'll find in most cases, it's not much. 30 years ago, 50 years ago, what was known as the Illinois Department of Conservation, well, a big part of their budget was dependent upon people hunting. That's just not true anymore. So the argument we need to have hunting so we can support state agencies in most states in America, rings hollow. We really need to have hunting so that we can save wildlife itself. That's why we need hunting. Conservation organizations, which do most of the work, Ducks Unlimited, the best there is. National Audubon Society, Pheasants Forever, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, Wild Turkey Federation, etc. If there's no hunting, their membership basically dries up. That's in part why we need hunting, because it's the private sector that is driving the conservation of landscapes across America. It is not the government, and it certainly isn't the states being funded by hunting licenses. 
The system of conservation in America today, which began way back with John Muir and Teddy Roosevelt early in the last century, is dependent on the private sector being engaged. It's dependent on powerful groups like Ducks Unlimited leading the way in driving an interest in saving wetlands. That the power of 600,000 Ducks Unlimited members or the power of million, if there are that, members of the Nature Conservancy, that's what drives conservation. And almost all of those members are people who enjoy hunting and fishing. So hunting is, in America, needs to go on for habitat management. And the other reason it needs to go on is because if we don't have hunting, think about deer. They, they're already overrunning our countryside. Without hunting, imagine what would happen. We use hunting for managing wildlife species, and we use it in a sustainable way. I don't think there's any hunting in America today that when it takes place is reducing a population as opposed to having a population be sustainable. And you could say, well, you know, the duck you shoot is not going back to the prairies to breed. That's true. But the duck that I might shoot also is living on habitat that is provided by hunters. So it has a place to eat, rest, etc. So that's why we need hunters. We need hunters so that people care about wildlife. And Sir David Attenberg said so well the other day, excuse me, not the other day, but I used his quote the other day, people won't care about the things they don't know about. So think about that for a second. People won't care about the things they don't know about. And so many individuals in America don't know why it matters that we have management of wildlife and management that is ultimately supported by conservation groups who are more often than not overwhelmingly supported by people who hunt. I will get to Africa in the coming weeks because without hunters in Africa, I can tell you, there will be no elephants. And you, some of you may recoil at that, but there's statistical evidence for that. There's economic evidence. Not all of Africa is that true, but most of Africa is that true where, where we have the big five. Thanks so much for listening. I will be coming to you from northern Saskatchewan next week. I'll have a report on what, what life is like in the far north, and it won't be in Manitoba where I've been for the past 40-plus years because of the Manitoba license situation. More on that in the coming weeks. Americans are being shut out of Manitoba, sadly. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN.